We all know that when life gets tough, finding the strength to accept things can feel impossible. But what if we told you that there are simple techniques that can help you find peace even in the midst of chaos? Enter Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, also known as ACT. This groundbreaking psychological approach teaches you how to stay mindful of the things that bother you without getting overwhelmed by them. Hi, welcome to your great journey. We offer brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in a positive direction and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. The tips we're sharing today about how to practice acceptance are from the audiobook, Things Might Go Terribly, Horribly Wrong, A Guide to Life Liberated from Anxiety, by Dr. Kelly Wilson and Troy Drufine. Are you ready to discover the power of ACT and find peace in the midst of chaos? Let's dive in. Acceptance isn't approving, wanting, or liking. Let's get clear on something. By acceptance, we absolutely don't mean approval, desire, or fondness. There's a significant difference between being willing to have an experience and wishing for it or enjoying it when it happens. If you really want to smoke a cigarette but choose not to, you may feel jumpy, cranky, or agitated. If you want to take a plane trip and you're anxious about flying, the rumble of the engines and the chimes that sound after takeoff might scare the wits out of you. Neither is a fun way to spend an afternoon, and any attempts on your part to make them so will probably result in failure and frustration. Acceptance, as we mean it, is independent of desire and judgment, and this includes both positive and negative judgments. When you accept a particular experience, you acknowledge it, stay present to it, and take it in without attempting to alter it in any way. You don't have much control over what thoughts come up after that. You might very well react negatively. I don't like it. But a negative reaction doesn't equal experiential avoidance, which demands that you act to reduce, eliminate, or control your experiences. This might sound similar to what we said in the last chapter about the typically fruitless struggle to change the content of your thoughts. All the effort in the world probably won't get you very far. But thinking about Lester is very different from getting in the car and driving to Albuquerque to pay him a visit. Efforts you put into acceptance are things you can do, and these can make significant contributions to your psychological flexibility. Acceptance isn't just gritting your teeth and bearing it either. We're not going to get up on a soapbox and start preaching about the evils of our feel-good culture, but we do have to admit it, acceptance is pretty hard to sell these days. We live in a place where discomfort is regularly shunned and suffering is routinely avoided. And we live in a time when escaping from difficult experiences is as easy as making a trip to the pharmacy or the liquor cabinet. Since we are sold on the idea that you should decide where you want to go in life and then head off in that direction, even if that means feeling some pain along the way, we can sound kind of stoic at times. To some extent, this is unavoidable. 
We wouldn't need to tell you about it if we were talking about the acceptance of kittens and rainbows. On the other hand, we're not talking about grim resignation either. Acceptance isn't about giving up, it's about opening up to possibilities, alternatives, and the fringe benefits that sometimes come with really hard experiences. The Cost of Avoidance Lenny Bruce said that the truth is what is, and Jesus said that the truth will make you free. The two of them point us toward the idea that by willingly and openly engaging with what is, we're liberated to imagine and move toward what might be. When we decide that something must not or should not be, I mustn't be uncomfortable riding in an elevator, I can't allow myself to seem stupid in front of my peers, we take away some of our options for living. Our world gets just a little bit smaller. Over a lifetime, avoidance of what is can confine us to very small spaces. The cost of persistent avoidance can be great indeed. When you designate some experiences as unacceptable, you begin to establish the edges of the world you're willing to inhabit. As your world gets smaller and smaller, the options you have for living in a way that matters to you grow fewer and fewer. The Upside of Avoidance We want to say a quick word about how there's a time and place for avoidance. We've consistently made the point that there's nothing inherently bad about acting out the problem or negative sides of the various process areas, unless doing so specifically gets in between you and the life you want to live. Avoidance is no exception to this rule. It's one thing to lose yourself in the poster of the alpine scene on the ceiling of the dentist's office, to take a Valium before your appointment, or to accept the nitrous oxide when it's offered. It's another thing entirely to put off getting that root canal until you're reduced to taking your meals through a straw because you can't stand the prospect of hearing the drill and being confined to the dentist chair for two hours. So, how do you tell the difference? When is avoiding an experience a reasonable choice for catering to your comfort, and when is it a problem that works to diminish your psychological flexibility? The answer lies in whether the avoidant act gets in the way of something that matters to you, something that, if pursued, would get you closer to some place you want to be. And, from an act perspective, your values orient you in the direction of where you want to be. Often in the audiobook, we've brought the issue back to the central idea of valued living. In the next chapter, we'll dig deeper into the meaning of values in ACT. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, Things Might Go Terribly, Horribly Wrong. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate and review. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical or mental health advice. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a qualified mental health professional.